This is the Turn on the Jets podcast. I don't have to convince any one of those eight defensive coaches how effed up I am. These players, they want to defend MetLife Stadium for you guys. Here's your host, Joe Caparoso. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Turn on the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Joe Caparoso, owner of TurnOnTheJets.com. Today, I'm going to have a quick discussion slash debate with Kyle Maggio, works here with me at Whistle Sports, big Jets fan, also runs the Nick Wall. Yep, yes. Nick's Wall. Launched it, ran it out. Uh, sort of like, a, I guess it's not a direct one-to-one comparison, but a somewhat comparable version of what we do at TOJ for the Jets for the Knicks at the Knicks Wall. Except with much better and more active merch than we've ever had at <laughs> TOJ. Uh, so credit to you there on that, Kyle. Thank you, thank you. We are liter- We're going to do a quick, quick 20 minutes today just to singularly focus on the debate around Robbie Anderson's free agency. So quick reminder before we dive into it, subscribe, rate, review, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Again, working on a bigger project. We will have more information on that soon on this feed, on the social media, on the website. That's why the pod dates have been a little sporadic and some of the episodes have been a little shorter because we're trying to put some time in and knock that out. Uh, just stay with us for more information on that. And with that, Let's start talking about Robbie Anderson, who is the highest profile free agent the Jets have, definitely on the offensive side of the football. I guess you could make a case overall. It could be Brian Poole or Jordan Jenkins, but I would still say it's Robbie uh, just because offense is king. He's Sam's lead receiver. Uh, the expectation right now is that he could get anywhere from, I don't know, 10 to $15 million per year. Uh, a unique deep threat. Jet fans seem a little torn right now on how far the team should go uh, to get him. Uh, what are your initial thoughts on do you pay this? Do what it takes to pay this guy to bring him back? Yeah, so initially, that's what I thought. I thought you have to keep Bell, you have to keep Robbie. But um, just kind of seeing how the offense ran this year and, and the production, I just kind of figured, like, we're going to have a lot of money tied up in Bell. I can't realistically see them cutting him. I, I feel like that would just be a, a PR nightmare for Gase and the Jets. It would just look atrocious. So I, we have, I don't know, I just don't, I don't know how far you're going to be willing to go to pay him because he's not going to take a hometown discount, nor should he. Nope. Um, he should go get his money, and the Jets got to do what they got to do too. But I feel like the 15 mil is where I start to get uncomfortable. Not that he doesn't deserve it, but... I just feel like we're going to get kind of priced out here. I feel like somebody's – like deep threats are always going to cost something, right? I mean, you're always looking for that in the NFL, especially with these young quarterbacks. But um, I just don't know how – I feel like we always beg the Jets to keep skill players, and it never happens. Yeah, it's a fair point. This is like – it's a very challenging one to sort through because you look at Robbie's numbers, four years with the Jets. He's played in at least 14 games all four years, yeah. which is – Rare and valuable for a guy who's a deep threat. You see a guy like Will Fuller for Houston, he can't stay healthy. Deshaun Jackson this year can't stay healthy. Uh, Not a traditional quote-unquote number one receiver, which is not a term I really believe in. I think there's, you know, a handful of um, people who uh, actually check that box, and it's not something that you can try uh, to go find. You're not just going to stumble into the next DeAndre Hopkins or Michael Thomas. All you want to do is build – a diverse group of wide receivers who have a unique set of skills. Uh, Robbie has that unique set of skills uh, in that he can get vertical and open up the rest of an offense overall. So that's why I think, like what you said, he's going to be uh, 
this is going to be a very competitive market for him. And the number, I think, can get a little crazy potentially, or what looks to be crazy on paper. I think you have to remember that people get overpaid in free agency. It's just part of it. Right. You know, the salary cap's going up $4 million. For someone who thought Robbie might be getting 9 or $10 million, salary cap goes up, team has a little more flexibility, maybe they spend uh, another $4 million, uh, to get him up to that 13 range. Now, the blunt reality with his stats and his output here are he's never had 1,000 yards. His highest, productive, his highest production season was 2017, 940 yards and seven touchdowns. This year, 779 yards, five touchdowns. Uh, you know, he's definitely dealt with poor quarterback play. Uh, but I think the initial knee-jerk reaction from most fans is that he is not this quote-unquote number one receiver. Most teams don't have that. But you can't pay that type of money to a guy who probably tops out at 800 to 900 yards every year pretty consistently. Right. And, and one thing that I kind of find with him, too, is, you know how, for example, like, you know, I run the Knicks wall. And Knicks fans typically overrate all their players, the, the guys that they drafted and kept, right? And I, and I wonder if we do that a little bit here where we're sort of giving into the potential of Robbie and what he could be down the road. And I I do believe in him. I just wonder if we're going to be paying too much for the potential versus the production. And he has had the quarterback issues. I get it. But you do got to produce. You got to find a way. Um, and I think I think he'd be worth it even if he got paid a little bit too much. But I just – I'm fearful of paying him like 15, $14, 15000000 million and then like two years from now or a year from now. It just doesn't – it's just not working out, you know? It's a fair concern. And before we go through some of the numbers about – how other receivers are paid and what the production has been on lead receivers this year. When you're an athlete, a weekend warrior, or someone who deals with constant joint pain, back pain, muscle soreness, or arthritis, which you may be dealing with since you started playing basketball I am. for our, our company, <laughs> <laughs> finding a natural remedy that instantly works might seem non-existent. Most over-the-counter pain relievers, such as Icy Hot and Bengay, only focus on one basic cooling effect, which temporarily takes your mind off the pain until that pain returns in an hour or so. If you're looking to get rid of nagging muscle and joint pain immediately while providing long-lasting recovery, then you need to try the natural breakthrough pain relief solution, CryoFreeze CBD, developed by Omax Health. This non-prescription, triple-action pain relief roll-on is specifically formulated to block pain receptors, reduce inflammation, and improve muscle and joint flexibility. The best part is that it's 100% natural. CBD-powered remedy works its magic within 10 minutes of application, and relief lasts up to 8 hours much longer than over-the-counter products. It's super easy to throw in your gym bag and take on the go for emergency pain relief. Simply roll it over where it hurts and ice out the pain with this Arctic Blast. Omax Health is offering listeners of this podcast 20% off a full bottle of CryoFreeze pain relief roll-on plus free shipping. This discount also applies towards any product site-wide. Just go to omaxhealth.com today and enter code OVERTIME to take advantage of this incredible savings. That is OA. That is OMAXHealthcare.com and enter code OVERTIME to get 20% off CryoFreeze site-wide. Now, I think there is still this perception that there is this huge bank of highly productive number one receivers, guys getting 1,400, 1,500 yards, 10, 12 touchdowns every year who are key factors to their teams being successful. And that's not really the case. Really having a dominant lead receiver has not necessarily been something that's been a prerequisite for being a successful team in the NFL. And if you look at this past year, there were, I'm looking at it right now, there were two wide receivers uh, who got up over 
Um, looks like, let's see, over 1,300 yards, you have three wide receivers this year. Chris Godwin, Julio Jones, and Michael Thomas. Only Michael Thomas was on a playoff team. Uh, you had 18 receivers over 1,130 yards, and that number doesn't inflate. The only other receiver who made the playoffs who was above that threshold uh, was DeAndre Hopkins, who's hmm. probably likely to get eliminated. You look at some of these other guys, you know, Devontae Parker was fifth in the league this year in receiving yards with barely over 1,200. Uh, you know, DJ Moore, Amari Cooper, Kenny Galladay, Jarvis Landry, uh, Mike Evans, Allen Robinson, uh, Robert Woods, Stephon Diggs basically falls below that 1130 threshold. Everyone else above that, Woods, Robinson, Evans, Cooper Cup, all these guys, you know, productive, but not 1,400, 1,500 yards in the 1100s. None of them on playoff teams. Uh, really the bulk and why I think the how receivers are getting paid is getting bunched together. Most guys are kind of settling in that 700 to 950-yard range and getting paid, you know, within that range. There's not those kind of guys left. I, I mean, what is the production number, I guess, Jet fans would be comfortable with? Let's say they pay Robbie $14 million a year. And every contract basically has an out after two years at this point. But what is the production that you're ultimately looking for over the next two years if you pay him that? I mean, I would personally be okay with the, like, eight to 900. And I would hope he would at least start picking up the touchdown pace. I feel like that's a reasonable ask with um, having Sam Darnold as your quarterback and the supposed offensive genius Adam Gase running the offense. It would be nice if we can get – a talent like Robbie into the end zone a little bit more. So I would hope that at least that's going to pick up, not necessarily the yards, but um, it, it's tough for that dollar amount. And I guess my question to you is if you do pass on Robbie, most of it is in the context of you think you could find somebody else who's comparable for a little bit cheaper. So is there somebody you think could produce similar, less than that $14 million? Is there somebody floating around? I mean, that's the key question. I think in a vacuum – there's a very reasonable argument to make not to pay him 14 or $15 million a year. You look who's being paid that currently right now. In the NFL, um, there's some people who stick out as it being ridiculous. Sammy Watkins, Jarvis Landry, and Brandon Cooks are all between 15 and $16 million a yep. year. But then you also got Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, Allen Robinson, T.Y. Hilton at $13, $14 million a year. Now the market's going to obviously continue to get reset. Last year, a guy like Tyrell Williams got $11 million a year. Somewhat similar receiver to Robbie. Uh, so you figure Robbie will probably get a little more than that because he was healthier than Williams and has consistently been healthier than him. Um, but you have to have a contingency plan if you're going to let him walk because I do think the Eagles will be aggressive going after him. You could see Matt Rule and the Panthers potentially go after him. You could see the Texans go after him. Uh, the Raiders uh, have potentially been rumored to have interest. So if you're going to let him walk, you can't operate under the assumption you're going to sign Amari Cooper, who's the biggest name out there. Dallas is going to do what they need to do to keep him. Right. Um, it's not necessarily likely they're going to take a receiver in the first round or that Judy or Lamb will be there for them at 11. If they are and you do take them, then you're passing on offensive line in the first round, which is a whole other problem. Yep. Uh, so you could say we'll address it on day two. That's a lot to ask of a day two receiver to come in and get – 760 yards and six touchdowns as a rookie, especially when he's playing opposite of, as it stands now, Jameson Crowder and Vincent Smith because Demarius Thomas is a free agent. I don't even know if they should be bringing him back. And Quincy Inouye's hurt. No one knows what his status is really going to be long term. Um, Beyond that, it's not really a robust market out there. Could you go sign a guy like Rashad Higgins from the Browns and maybe he has a bit of a breakout year for you? Sure. That's a bit of a risk. He'll, He'll be cheaper than Robbie. There's no doubt about that. You know, outside of that, 
trades. You know, are the Browns going to trade Odell Beckham? Would the Jets even be interested in that? Would be nice. Would be fun. Would be interesting. <laughs> um, there's been some rumors about Emmanuel Sanders. I'm not crazy about that. He's going to be I'm 33 not. years old next year. I don't like that. I just trying to run back Gase's 2015 Broncos team doesn't seem like the route to go in 2020. Nope. Uh, so the point is, is that if you're just going to say, you know what, we're not paying this guy 15 million. Go ahead, Eagles, pay him. You know, a four-year, $60 million contract with $30 million guaranteed in the first two years. What is your backup plan to avoid week one having Darnold throwing to a three-wide set of Jamison Crowder, a rookie, and Vincent Smith? And then by the end of the year, if someone gets banged up, Crowder rolls an, an- rolls an ankle, we're dealing with the same problems that Darnold had his rookie year when the Jets were just so weak at receiver. And that becomes the big problem on the offense rather than the offensive line or their inability to run the football. Um I mean, I, I, I don't know if there's a right answer for this. Uh, is there – would you consider just going receiver in the first round if the right player was there over offensive line, even though traditionally offensive linemen, much more premium position, much harder to find, and a much bigger need for the Jets still right now? I, I feel like you could always find a wide receiver. I, I don't want to, like, make it seem more simple than it is, but just – I. I forgot the stats. I'm sure you know, but Sam Darnold was what bottom in the league in, in time to throw this year. I yeah, mean, and it, one of the worst offensive line situations. Yeah, I, I mean, we already possible. we already know. I mean, I remember seeing the average time he had to throw, and it was just minuscule. And yeah. uh, so, even a, normally, I would always say yes. You take the skill position; it's it's high upside. You, you know, if Darnold is who you think he is, you, you get that guy, pair him with him. But I just feel like it was so outrageously bad this year that you got to go offensive line even if there's a wide receiver prospect and you try to make it work with whoever's in free agency maybe try to get a little value deal guys are always unhappy in the season guys are always looking to move or teams are always looking to move on from somebody you can get them for like a conditional fifth round pick sixth round pick something like that so um i would prefer to just go offensive line just bite the bullet just stop trying to you know go for the flash just do what you got to do here yeah i mean look some of this is easier to stomach, losing Robbie, which I actually do think they will ultimately lose him. I think he's ready to move on. I think he'll get a big contract elsewhere. I think he's just will want a different situation. There's no chance he's going to take a hometown discount, which I don't blame him for. Um, if you kept Le'Veon Bell and found the right way to use him, I think that helps mitigate the loss somewhat. You know, if you're going to move on from Anderson and Bell, it's 132 catches you're letting leave. And that's a lot to fill in one offseason, yep. uh, especially like Ty Montgomery's a free agent, Blau Powell's old and a free agent. Uh, you're really kind of rebuilding your entire skill position group on the fly. And while Robbie has his limitations, and I don't want to act like he doesn't, he has not shown up in the Patriot games. He is very much like a streak shooter. He, ha- he has four weeks of playing very well and three weeks of kind of disappearing. He's J.R. Smith. It's a good comparison. It really is. And he's the receiver that Sam Donald is the most comfortable with though. We mm-hmm. all we hear all this discussion you don't want to put Sam in a different system, you don't want to put Sam in a different system. That's why you have to keep Adam Gase. No one's talking about you don't want to take out his top receiver and make him get comfortable with a different uh lead receiver and a whole new group of skill position players every single year. That would be more of a challenge for him to overcome. And even if you do find the right rookie on day 2, a hard enough thing especially for this franchise it's going to take time for them to develop chemistry and the jets are going to have quite a gauntlet of teams they play next year particularly defensively uh and it could really impact them negatively early in the year i would still say as it stands now if you ask me i think there's only like a 30 percent chance robbie's back i mean what, what would you put the percentage at based on your feel for it right now 
I, I'm probably more pessimistic at this point, but probably like 10 to 15 percent. Just listening to how like the team and Robbie was talking about it uh, once the season ended, where he was kind of saying like, yeah, like why would I take a hometown discount? And I don't blame him, especially in the NFL where contracts aren't guaranteed and your career is two to three years on average. Like, yeah, you should cash out. But um, it just doesn't feel like the Jets are going to be willing to meet the asking price is the vibe that I'm getting. It feels like they're more comfortable sitting around like 10 to 12 million and if if it's going to go up to like 15 16 something like that then they're going to be comfortable just letting him go yeah i mean look he's already said like he's not signing a deal before free agency he's going to assess the market i feel there's no way with this receiver class and free agency that some team could even be the colts who are flush with cap space and need to spend money and could use help on the outside just comes in and says you know what we're going to give you 14 million a year and the jets are going to say we're not going to go that high and i think it could you know move pretty quick and would be a shame because you ideally want to keep your homegrown talent. The Jets found him as an undrafted free agent. He's been really productive for that spot. And then you're kind of starting over with how you're building your receiver group. I mean, they, they were lucky in that they got a full 16 games out of Crowder this past year. You're banking on that happening again uh, next year. And then you've got to find more help on the outside. And I don't know if it's free agency. It's probably a trade with how thin free agency is and how they need to focus on offensive line in the NFL draft. Uh, but it's a situation that could really put their skill position group in flux. Now, maybe they shuffle their money around and say, we're going to give him a front-loaded deal and find a way to keep it. Uh, I don't think that would be the worst thing in the world, but I do think it's one of these rare 50-50 free agency situations where you can make a pretty credible case either way. I do think Bell and Anderson both leaving in one offseason is you're really – how do you get your 32nd ranked offense better by losing those two guys? You don't. And, I mean, that's why I'm, like, iffy about not wanting to bring back Robbie a little bit too because the only reason I'm iffy is because of the, he's been a little bit inconsistent and I feel like you're trying to pay him for future potential. And the prospect of that being a combo that you have to rely on, I don't like paying for that. But it makes plenty of sense because, again, like like you said, why would you want to restart, especially with Adam Gase's 30th-ranked offense? Like, it does not seem logical. It seems like maybe they should just try to bite the bullet and go up and pay him a little bit, but it, I'm fearful of it. I am, just a little bit. It's a fair concern. It's going to be one of the more interesting things to watch play out this offseason for the New York Jets. So as these little one-off debates come up, we'll flip out quick episodes in between uh, the larger project that we're working on here. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Follow me on Twitter. File Kyle on Twitter. I will share out all the links. And uh, that's it. Thank you, everyone. We'll talk next week.